of our time alone with God. Now, that doesn't mean that from today on, you don't have to spend any time alone with God. Don't think that's quite the uh, purpose of the message. Here we go. Did everybody get notes? Anybody need notes? Raise your hand if you need notes. Hang on. (laughs) Bob's out there getting them. We need 15, Bob. Anybody need notes? One back there. One back there. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. If you are online, you can get the notes in the message section of, of Facebook there. So as I said, today we are on our final part of our Taking Time Alone with God series, T-A-W-G, Time Alone with God. And uh, each week I like to give credit to Scott Joy, my old pastor up in Canada. He was the one that, um, this was a devotion that we did back in 1990-something. So this has been around for a long time. He was so pleased. I, I chatted with him online this week or last week and said, we're doing the T-A-W-G talk. And he said, man, we got a lot of mileage out of that. So it is good. Each step, there are four steps. Each step is an invitation to go deeper. It's a prayer is really what this was. It's an invitation into what I believe is the most exciting, breathtaking relationship a human can have, our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with God. Step one is an invitation for God to slow us. God, would you slow me? Would you just quiet my spirit? Quiet those fears, quiet those thoughts that race, just slow me down, help me to tune into your voice, God. I want to hear you more. That's the beginning of our time alone with God. God, I need to connect with you. Second, we ask God to know me. God, come on in. Look at the deepest parts of me. Search every part of me, God. Even those dark corners that I like to kind of keep to myself. God, you're my God. You're my only hope. If I'm going to make progress in this life, you need to have it all. You need to know it all. Know me. Step three is to ask God to show us. This can be a very difficult step. Search me, know me, show me. And next, today, we ask God to grow us. Would you grow me, God? You've slowed me. You've known me. You've showed me. Now I need you to grow me, God. And we're asking God to do the growing. Would you grow me, God? Now, by asking God to grow us, there are two things that we're acknowledging. And these are in your notes. First, we're acknowledging to God, I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet, God. And the reality of of life, all life, Christian life, non-Christian life, we're a work in progress. And, And we don't get there this side of eternity. So don't beat yourself up for not being a completely fully devoted follower of Christ. You're not going to get there. And if you are beating yourself up, that's from Satan. He's the condemner. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then the second thing that we're acknowledging to God, okay, God, I'm I'm not done yet. I'm not perfect, but I want to grow. This is my desire. I want you to come in. I want to grow. I want to get better. I want to move forward on this journey. I'm not satisfied with status quo. 
I want to move forward, God. So you could call this, we're going to have a little bit of fun today, Operation Cooperation. All right? Operation Cooperation. So here's how we're going to have fun with this. Every time I say Operation, Cooperation. you yell back. So let's try this out. Operation no, look, you're not paying attention. I'm pointing at them. Operation. That was not bad. Operation. 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 All you people online, you message back right now. Cooperation. All right, everybody. Operation. All right, good. We're getting this. We're going to have some fun. It'll keep you awake because it's kind of stuffy in here. It's, it's, it's so difficult at this time of the year. We have air on back there and heat on up here. So... Somewhere in the middle, there's a front. So expect a storm at that gap back there somewhere. Passage of Scripture we got this morning. Wonderful passage of Scripture out of Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The whole of Colossians is just a fantastic letter on how to be a better Christian. How to grow in your faith. It's just a wonderful one. But we're just going to look at two verses this morning. It says, and now, just as you accepted... (coughs) Excuse me. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So let's dig into this a little bit and see how it pertains to grow me, God. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. Just as means in the same manner. In the way that you did this, continue on. The way the journey began, continue the journey. Now many can remember a specific time and a specific place where they invited Jesus to come into their heart and be their Lord and Savior. For me, it was September 6th, 1987 in Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada in the curling rink. And uh, I'm not going to get into it because I've shared it many times. I, I had been a believer for about four or five years at that time. But there's a difference between a believer and someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says Satan's a believer. So the weirdest thing is I was in the same category as Satan at that time. I wasn't a follower of Satan, but I was a believer, but I had not asked Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I, and I remember on the day that I did this, and just a little footnote, the reason that I hadn't is because I didn't think I needed to. I believe. What more do I need? I'm not going to jump through their hoop. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and say, have, have you found Jesus? Say, yeah, he was behind the sofa. I didn't know he was there. I say. I resisted it. It was like this step that, that I kept hearing, oh, you, you, you've you got to invite Jesus into your life. And No, I don't. I believe and that's good. And I remember on the day that I invited Jesus, my heart was pounding because I'd put up a good fight. And, and when the, the pastor at that time invited us to come forward, it was one of those invitations, the good old Southern Baptist style invitation. It wasn't Southern Baptist. Come forward, if, you, if you're ready to invite Jesus into your heart, into your life as your Lord and Savior, ask him for forgiveness. Admit that you need him. Ask him in to change your life. And if you're sincere with it, he will change your life. And, and I remember on that day, there was a deep desire to go deeper. 
I wanted to go deeper. Even though I'd been a, a follower for four years, it's, it was like a veil had been lifted and my eyes had been opened and I realized, no, I, I need to take this step. I want to go deeper. I want to be all in for Jesus. And I believed and I trusted. I want you, Jesus, to come into my life, forgive me and change me. I think it was too simple for me. There's got to be more to it than that. It was, it was just too simple. You know, if you're sitting out there today and you're in the same situation as I was in, or if you're online and maybe you've been a believer for many years, but you've never taken that step to say, to, to formally say and pray, God, thank you for Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need you to come into my life. Romans 10 is where we learn that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But that excitement, many of you can remember a day like that. What the scripture is saying, as you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you were all in, when you wanted to take this step of faith, now continue on in the same way, with the same excitement, with the same fervor, maybe even with the same fear, because I had a lot of fear on that day. It's like, he's going to come in and change you. It's like, really? I wonder what he's going to ask me to do. I'm not really ready for that. Answering that call is is the beginning of the journey. But you do it with the same excitement, the same passion, the same desire. You must continue to follow him. In other words, you continue to respond to his call. That's in your notes right there. Step one. Sorry. Make sure I'm with you. Respond to his call. There we go. Go where he leads. That's the head. The heart and the hands, how you think. God, I choose to, I choose to, to respond to you in how I think, what I put in my head, what I choose not to put in my head. I, Thursday, was it Thursday night? I can't remember. Now, maybe Tuesday night, I poked my head into one of the doors here. I was in a meeting and afterwards, and the, the guys, there was a small group in one room and there was a ladies group in another room and it was packed with ladies. I don't know how many was in there. It seemed like 200 to me, but I think it was 16. And I went in there and they asked me a question. They said, is it, is it a sin to watch all these, these programs, you know, these, these real life police programs chasing down a cold case or whatever? Is it, is it wrong to do that? I said, I don't think it's a sin to do that. I don't. Because I don't want to put all of that stuff in my head. It bogs me down. There's a choice. When I follow Jesus, I want to make sure that what goes in is wholesome. It's good. It's uplifting. Not something that's going to maybe drag me down and come up later on in my thoughts. Like, oh, yeah, that poor woman that got murdered. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to follow you. I'm going to respond to your call in your heart. What you choose to believe. What you choose to trust in and in your hands, what you do. I'm going to spend my time working for you. I'm going to follow your call, Jesus. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to read the things you've called me to read. I want to follow your lead, Jesus. Operation. That was pretty slow. Operation. 
I was talking to them. <laughs> Let your roots grow down deep. Let your roots grow down into him. Seek to go deep. The longer you follow where he leads, your faith becomes more and more active and the deeper your roots go. Deep roots enable us to weather the storms of life. You know, when you ask Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, sometimes there's this sense that, wow, okay, thank you, God. Now everything's going to be good. I got God. Everything is going to be good. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. The same storms that, that affect Everyday person out there are the exact same storms that affect us. Jesus even said, it rains on the good, it rains on the bad. It rains on believers, it rains on non-believers. We don't get rescued from that stuff. But when we follow Jesus, when we accept Jesus and we choose to follow him and we respond to his call, it gives us a strength that we didn't have before. Yes, the storms are bad, but I mean, there's core beliefs for me. No matter what happens, I know my God loves me. I can hold on to that. My God loves me. My God is with me. He's not going to abandon me. How do I know that? It's in his word. He's told me. My God will strengthen me. I'm not invincible, but I'm strengthened by my God. Gives me the ability to to continue on. The storm will not conquer me because my God has conquered the storm. That's what I believe. And you note there in the scripture, it says, let, let, there's this idea of us letting this growth happen. Don't hinder it. Don't run from it. Don't be afraid from it. Let it happen. God is saying, I want to grow you. Are you up for some growth? Yes, God, grow me, please. I'm up for it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow you. I'll go where you say, I'll do what you do. I'll speak what you tell me to speak. Let it happen. Surrender completely to Jesus. Let it happen. And let your lives be built on him. For me, that means you stand tall in him. I can stand tall in Jesus. Not only do I get strength in the storm because my roots are down deep, but I'm standing on a solid foundation. I know it's not going to collapse. I can stand tall for my God. and Nothing is going to stop it. You can rise above it. In the middle of the storm, I choose to trust. I choose to follow. I choose to continue to serve. I won't change tack. I won't change direction. Now, I might need an army of God's people to help me with that in the middle of the storm. I might need people to be praying for me. I might need people to be calling me and saying, you know, it's going to be okay. We're with you. We'll walk with you. That's, that's how it works. But I will not stop loving and I will not stop serving my Lord. I will stand strong in the Lord. Then your faith will grow grow strong. Grow in faith. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. So I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Do you know what? How do you discover what is true? Throw an answer at me. How do you discover what is true? Testing it, right? You have to test it to know that it's true. Otherwise, it's just hearsay. Somebody said, apples taste bitter. Do they? (sighs) Yeah, that one does. (laughs) That one doesn't. You test it. 
You test it. We are to test God's truth. That's different than testing God. The Bible says don't test God, but it's, it does say that we should test the spirits. Test God's truth. Faith is a weird and it's a wonderful thing, but it's a scary thing and it's not for the faint of heart. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I believe the number one reason that people do not fully experience all that the Lord has for them is because they do not live in faith. See, there's a difference between having faith. There's a difference between, I believe this to be true, and active faith. I am living this truth. I am demonstrating what I believe to be true. And the reason that they don't live in faith is because they are afraid to test God's truths. They stay in the safe zone. They don't test God's truth. They only believe what they know to be true. They don't step out in faith to test God's truth. Humans can't walk on water, right? I've tried it. Anybody ever tried to walk on water? You just kind of go right through it. (laughs) You walk in and you just keep walking in and at some point you have to walk back. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Humans can't walk on water. It is a scientific truth. It is a scientific fact, but it's not God's truth. Because if Jesus calls you to get out of the boat and walk on water, you can walk on water. But the only way that you can discover that you walk on water is by getting out of the boat and walking on water. It's not scientific truth. It's God's truth. God says... If you give me the first 10% of your treasure, I'll take care of the 90. But God, I've got bills. I've got things uh, that I want. I've got things that I need to do with that money. I, I, I can't give you 10, and that's the truth. And God says, trust me, and you will know my truth. God says, give me the first fruits of your time, and you'll have all the time you need. But that doesn't make sense, God. I'm already really busy. I got this going on with the kids. I got this going on at work. I got this going on with the the neighborhood. And and I'm just really busy. I want to serve you. But I got things that need to get done, God. And that's the truth. I don't have time. God says, trust me with your time. And you will know my truth. You'll have all the time you need to do what I've called you to do. And your life will be in order. You won't be like one of those hamsters running in the wheel. God says, give me your talents. Let me use your abilities. But God, I got nothing significant. What do I have to offer? And that's the truth. And God says, give me your talents and I'll show you abilities you didn't even know that you had. I will use you in ways that you didn't know that you could be used in. If you trust me with it, because that's my truth. That's God's truth. I don't mind coming to church, God, but, you know, and I, and I, and I quite like my small group, but I've got nothing to offer. Maybe, maybe a little, but, but nothing much. And that's the truth. And God says, man, what I could do with you if you would trust my truth and not your truth. Operation? Operation. Oh, very good. <laughs>
You're getting there. And you will overflow with thankfulness. This is an attitude of gratitude. It's the natural outpouring. When you choose to trust in faith and you choose to live in faith and you begin to experience God... Gratitude is the natural outpouring. And you know, as I was doing this, I was thinking about some people. I'm going to call some people out. Candy and Alan. <laughs> Look at Candy's face. You don't have to come up here. Candy and Alan got involved in a motorcycle ministry. Took a lot of time out of their daily lives. They had to go do some training to be involved in this Motorcycle ministry, not just any motorcycle, it's a Christian motorcycle ministry where you go and you mix with motorcycle clubs and you go there with the goal of building relationships and sharing Jesus. It's scary. You ever seen some of those bikers? It's scary. But here's what I want to tell you. When they got their certification, because they had to be a part of it for a while, then they had to do training, and then you officially get certification, now you're allowed to talk. You're allowed to to share. And I remember talking to Candy and the look on her face, the beam and the glow on her face and and the glow on Alan's face were certified. We can do this now. I mean, there was just a, a, a gratitude and an excitement about it. If you talk to John, he's over in the youth building right now. He's... Hello, John. Look at John. Take a look at John. Get back in here. He's smiling. He's always smiling. He's got involved in a prison ministry, Kairos Prison Ministry. He went with, what's your name? Randy. And at some point, you know, somebody said, you, 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 you could actually be part of this ministry. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. You're going to have to learn something. And he chose to do it. And in February of next year, a year away from there, he's going to be leading one. But you talk to him about it. Take a look at his face when he's talking about it. There's passion there. There's gratitude there. There's this, man, God is doing something through me. I can't believe it either. (laughs) You talk to Randy about Kairos. It's the same thing. Talk to David about hungry souls and the hungry souls ministry. It takes time. It takes money takes effort. But when you talk to these people about these things, there's a smile on their face. There's a gratitude in their face. Talk to the children's ministry leaders or Brandon and... What's your name again? Nancy and John again. That do the youth ministry. When you talk to them about these ministries that they're involved in, that take time, you can see the passion and you can see the gratitude on their faith. It's like, man, God is using me. Thank you, God. And God gives them the time to do it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, let me summarize on your little summary on there. Accept him, step one. Follow him, step two. Grow in him, step three. That means you learn. Serve him, that means you put into action the things that you've learned. And thank him. Thank you, God. Accept, follow, grow, obey, and thank. Oh, I said serve, obey him. All right, let me put this all together. Time alone with God. Slow me, Lord. This is a prayer.
Slow me, Lord. Tune me into you. Quiet my thoughts, my fears, my worries, and my doubts. Know me, Lord. Look into me and see. See what drives me. See what holds me back. See what trips me up. See what, see what gets my heart racing a little bit faster. I want you to know me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Reveal to me those areas you want to work on. Maybe there's a little bit of hardness or harshness in me. Maybe I, I say a word sometimes to people that hurts those people. And, or, or it's divisive. Or maybe there's some pride in me. Maybe I'm a little judgmental sometimes. Maybe I speak when I should shut up and maybe I should speak when you tell me to speak. You know, that the show me one is, is difficult because it's a bit like peeling an onion. You, know, you want to get to the heart of it, but there's usually a lot of tears in the process of, of getting the, to the heart of it. But that's okay. That's conviction. Not condemnation. If God shows you, it's not because he's condemning you. It's because he loves you and he wants better for you in this area of your life. We're going to work on this together. You know, when you get together with the others and you start talking about that person that's not there, that does not bring glory and honor to my name. Don't do that. Speak only wholesome things. Speak only that which is good. I put judgmental there. Did I say that just now? Anybody ever judge? I do it. Of course, I'm better than most, so. (laughs) (laughs) So show me, Lord. Now here's the question of the morning. Where does God want to grow you? What's your next spiritual step? So let me ask you a rhetorical question. When was the last time that you tested God's truths? From a faith perspective. Or have you ever really tested God's truth? Have you ever stepped out in such a way that this, this is a test of God's truth? I'm going I'm to see if this is true now. Now, and I'm not talking about you know, praying to God for something that you want God to do. I'm, I'm testing your truth. God, would you take care of my son? Would you take care of this relationship? Those things are okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. This is about stepping out in faith and testing God's truth so that we can live more fully for God. Now, if we're doing this right, every single person in this room right now should be struggling with that question. Every person, it doesn't matter where you're at on your journey. You might be the most faithful person. You're doing all kinds of things, but God is continually calling you to follow him. He's continually calling you into a deeper relationship. And that faith relationship is always a little bit scary. I remember somebody saying, if, if, you don't really, if you're not scared, you haven't really got your head around what it is God's calling you to do. Because it's a faith thing. And that's scary. Maybe it's something that's, that's going to cost you money that you don't have. Or time that you can't afford. 
Maybe it requires talents that you're not sure you have. Or any combination of those things. And you're holding back, not trusting God for this thing. Trust Him. Make sure it's God you're hearing from. If if you're not sure, go to last week's message. We talked about that. Make sure you're hearing from God last week or the week before. And trust Him and step out and do it. And now here's the thing. You are not alone. God calls us into a community of believers, a community of faith. And whatever God is calling you to do, I can guarantee you this, it fits in the bigger picture of what He's calling us to do. And we walk this walk together. We seek God's path together. I've got a role. You've got a role. We have a role. God, where do you want to grow me? This coming year, what do you want to do in my life? What changes do you make? Where do you want me to step out and test your truth? That at the end of the year, I can look back with a big old smile on my face with gratitude, face with gratitude saying, man, that was God. A moment of transparency for you. This is not in my notes. I don't have to do this. <laughs> I'm struggling with something myself. There's something that I believe God's calling me to do. It's expensive. It takes time. And my time is already stretched. But it's something I've just been... Six months now, I've been praying about this thing. And God is... yeah. Yep. I was putting this together this morning and I'm thinking about these things and don't hold back from God. You've got to trust that his interest in you is the best interest in you. And his plans for you are the best plans for you. And if you have the courage to step out and do Whatever it is he's calling you to do, it could be a change of attitude, it could be something physically that he wants you to do, he will be there with you. He will be your rock. You'll be able to stand strong with him. He will grow your faith in his truth and you will be filled with gratitude. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, This time alone with you, we've done in community together. And it's not a one and done thing. Father, I'm praying that we would take these truths and take that time over the next few weeks to just ask you to slow us. Quiet our hearts, Father. Open our ears that we may hear you. Open our eyes that we may see you. Know us, Father. Let us not be afraid to open ourselves to you. You know everything anyway, and you still love us. And show us, Father, show us those things that You're working on in our lives. 
Father, I pray against Satan and his condemnation, but I open us up to your conviction in the Holy Spirit that we would be thoroughly known by you, that you would show us those things. And then, Father, as a church, me as an individual, each one who is here, would you grow us? Move us closer toward being that fully devoted follower that you've called us to be. May we have the courage to trust in you and not trust in ourselves. And if you're out there today or you're online or you watch later and you've never begun this journey, we started with this. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can do it today with a really simple prayer. You could just pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need you to come into my life. I ask that you would change me. That you would give me faith to trust in you from this day forward. Amen. Hector, sir.